Right, welcome to the Reach Out podcast. This is episode number three, and we're joined by Pete Kenyuk. Um, just before we start talking about Pete's life, Pete's career, and what he's doing now, we will um, just drop in the crisis team number. Um, obviously, Reach isn't a crisis team, so if you are in crisis or you know anyone that's in crisis, please use this number. It's 642860. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter our numbers are all on there as well we'll get back to as soon as possible but yeah let's go on with the on with the podcast Pete. yeah hello everyone you? yeah thanks for having me um firstly i'd just like to say it's i think it's great what you and erica are doing and what you've set up with reach i think it's um it's obviously blowing up a lot in the last couple of years um mental health and everything around it and people's view on it and people the way people are coming forward and opening up and speaking but it is really important and it's something that hasn't really been at the forefront over here on the Alaman. So um I think it's great what you're doing and really happy I can be be in here today to um talk all things sport, mental health related and have a good chit chat with uh with you, mate. Yeah, sweet, thank you. Um where do we start? So we can we can look at your we'll look at your career. This is a long career to be fair. It's yeah. quite a long career. <laughs> I bet you haven't done this in a long time either. No, no. Spoke I spoke from the start. And I was saying when we walked in, I think the last time I was in Manx Radio was uh, 2012. So it's been a while, but it's good to be back here. I think it's a long career, but a short one. For yeah. me, it feels long because cycling is all I ever did. Yeah. You know, everyone sort of grew up through school, had a relatively normal childhood. But for me, it was always about cycling. You know, most of my mates were always playing football or going out on the weekend and I'd be away racing and stuff. And even though my career as a professional is probably only from 20 to 30, so 10 years, um, I, obviously after recently retiring, it feels like feels like a good 20 years. So I've been <laughs> been pretty serious since I was young. and um, But I think that's what it took. You know, I think I had the enthusiasm there my whole life. And only recently, um, for different reasons, I've decided to sort of take a step back from the sport and fancy some, some new challenges. But um, yeah, obviously did quite a bit in 10 years, so don't have too many regrets yeah but to be fair te- you're saying 10 years as a that's as a pro isn't it yeah but if, if you look back you you, you must have started when you were like what nine ten eight yeah even younger yeah, i think yeah yeah i was riding a mountain bike and bmx around five and then um yeah kind of i don't because my parents both cycled and so did so did my grandparents and my dad uh, represented the Ironman for the Commonwealth Games, and I think they were always reluctant for me to to buy me a road bike. They never wanted me mm. to get too serious, and I don't know why. But um, maybe they just knew the cost that was involved of taking me away on the boat every weekend to race. But <laughs> finally, they gave in and got me a road bike, and it was from then really, from about ten years old, I started racing down at Dot Tilbury's NSC League. Dot, she's still there, isn't she? She's still going, yeah, <laughs> still going strong, longer than me. Um, but um, yeah, so I started there, and then after that it feels like it's just a natural progression to to turn and pro but there was obviously loads more involved yeah um but it kind of just it kind of just happened and i always get a lot of questions like you know is is cycling is it something that you always wanted to do did you always think you'd turn pro and i kind of answer the question with i, ne- I was never sat in school thinking i was going to be a professional cyclist it was always a dream yeah. but at the same time i didn't think about anything else i wasn't sat there thinking oh i'm going to do this for a job or this interests me. I was always just thinking about, I want to finish school as soon as possible so I can just ride my bike, basically. So I think subconsciously it was probably, it was always there, but without me, without me realise, I never quite had the confidence 
because I looked up to these professional cyclists and like like anyone does with sport if you're into football and you watch the football and you you read the magazines I mean these days everyone's got social media so they don't read many magazines but you know you see your heroes in the magazines and it's like oh there's no way it looks so glamorous which I'll point out it isn't but um <laughs> you just think oh there's no way I can I can ever be one of them and then all of a sudden you are so yeah wow yeah I mean I, I did re- I read an article I think it was was it Adam Blythe mm. I think he wrote about it and he said look it isn't no. It isn't glamorous at all. You're away from your family so much. Yeah, and I think that's what changes. I think there's quite there's been quite a few retirements this year. Sort of everyone around like our sort of age age group, sort of born yeah. eighty nine, eighty eight. And I think it is. It's when you're younger and you have all that enthusiasm and there's nothing else going on in your life. It's it, it's okay. You know, if you come back from a race and you think you've got two weeks at home, and then the team ring you up and say, "Oh, you've got to pack your bags. Um, someone's been injured." you've got to go to this race tomorrow and the next minute you're back in the airport oh, going to that. some rubbish race in France that no one's heard of before. Yeah. Then you get there and it's pouring down with rain and you're just like, what am I doing here? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously, there's the glitz and glamour of the big races, the Tour de France, the World Championships, the Olympics, but then cycling's such a demanding sport in terms of there's just races on all year round. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then like we were talking about before, once you sort of have more of a family life and... um and stuff like that it's kind of it becomes even more demanding on your life in general you know you and then you start to for me anyway you start to think am i enjoying it as much like you're missing the kids you're missing you're missing your family and then it's just you've just got to weigh it up at the end of the day what's what's more important yeah and um yeah for me i had it was really hard decision to stop because i'd really struggled for probably about four or five years Mm. i'd have this period in the season from february march through till may where i just did not want to be a cyclist from like 2014 every year wow and lauren um would be like you know okay if you still feel like this next year then maybe you should just stop because it's not all about just being a cyclist you know there's more important things if you're not happy then what's the point in doing it yeah um but then i'd always get through this period and then i'd finish the season really well yeah then i noticed it, that yeah. yeah every year and I, I don't know what it is and then it would be the off season so it'd be october and you'd have a month off so you can enjoy yourself. Then you'd have Christmas, sort of relaxed training, um, obviously spending time with your family, but then it would all start again. And then in, in the end, it, it um, yeah, this year, it just the same thing happened in February and it all just became, well, apparent and too much that maybe I need to just either take a break or take a step back and do something else. Um, so it was it was a hard decision because it wasn't like I hated it all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think I think it was the right one. Um, yeah, you seem re- you seem really happy. Yeah, I feel I feel better. It's been like a lot of adjustment. Yeah. Because you just your whole life you've always judged yourself and sort of um, what's the word like? Um, you've been on like a pedestal. Yeah, and it's like time. you see yourself you you see yourself as a cyclist and and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. everything you do in life is based on how good your training session was or how good you were in a race yeah. then nothing else really matters and then once you stop cycling you're no longer a cyclist you you maybe don't think you, you have nothing to go you know you just you just peep them but for normal people or people who know you or your wife or your friends you've always just been peep yeah but yeah. for you once that's once that that identity is taken away 
it's like oh god who am i what what am i supposed to do you know yeah that's a, so, yeah, that's a massive point it's that's, yeah it's something that you don't you don't think of when you're cycling but then when you stop it's probably taken me i'd say i'm still struggling with it now um it's working out what you want to do what i want to do and like who i am as a person and yeah. even last month when a race was on in italy where i was second in last year you know i just felt really down that day because i was there on the podium after the race against world champions and tour de france winners and then i was <laughs> i was at the co-op you know buying a, a loaf of bread and a pint of milk <laughs> and i was just like what what's going on here but that's just me you know that's just my thought process but it's not right or wrong but that's just i guess what i'm getting at is the adjustment into normal society and how you how you perceive yourself as a person and it's not all about you need to look at your own morals and who you are and actually judge yourself off that rather than being a decent cyclist you know what i mean yeah that's exactly paul i think paul jones said it on the first podcast we did he was a he was a pro footy player okay and he he was quite like you he he did it from when he was a kid and he didn't think of anything else he just went for it and he said once that career was taken away like he didn't get the pro contract he wanted he was like well what what am i like if i'm not a footballer then then what am i because that's all i've ever been yeah and and now obviously he he does this thing at the NSC with I think Bali does it as well okay, the, yeah. the, like the MSR thing yeah. and they teach kids that are going into pro ranks whatever it may be football cycling and they teach them how to deal with exactly that to teach you that no no you are Pete yeah your cyclist comes second like yeah, yeah. you're a cyclist but you, but predominantly you are Pete yeah and like you say your values your core values your morals I think it's just all the awareness massive the awareness of it isn't it. Um, I suppose you never got taught that. You were just such a you were a kid and you got yeah. thrown into the yeah exactly. The big I think stuff. I think it's it's like just doing this podcast today, stuff like this. It's just it's just becoming more more and more apparent, isn't it? And people are more aware of obviously mental health side of things, especially with sport. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm I'm envious of just people who have who just seem quite grounded and just have they just like a normal family kind no, of like. yeah, just a normal environment. But then it's like you don't know what's going on in their lives you know what i mean so yeah. you you always think oh the grass is greener or they're doing all right but you just you never know do you so it's no, like you don't. you're always quite when it comes to that kind of thing you're quite self-centered and you think you think it's all hard on you but actually if you flip it around the opportunities i've had the career i've had it's yeah. been amazing do you know what i mean so at the same time it's like you would never i'd never tough, i'd it? never not do that do you know so it's um yeah it's, it's an interesting topic um and i can only be grateful for like the opportunities I've had and how 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 I've been able to experience that kind of sporting world as well. So it's just yeah. now now it's probably the the hardest time to um adjust. to adjust being a dad and being at being at home and also as a professional sportsman, you're never at home. So yeah, when then you go from traveling and living out of a suitcase for maybe two hundred days a year to just being at home all the time, and you're like, wow. So it's one realize. Oh my God! How much work Lauren, Lauren does, does for the yeah. kids, and it's like I took that for granted. Yeah. Then two, it's being around your wife and kids all the time because you're not used to it. Hard work. Yeah, isn't it's it? hard work. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. You like, know, you're used to like having. To it, yeah, it's like, it and is. most people go. The a lot of people obviously work, so they have that five hours a day. Yeah. Um, where they they're kind of separated and they they you know conversate with adults and stuff. But mm. what what I realised when I came back was. Because obviously Lauren um, does didn't work when I was um, a cyclist, so because of the kids, so she could be at home with the kids and stuff and travel with me, etc. 
but the fact that you're just with the kids all day and that that's hard as well you know they're lunatics as well aren't yeah they? mad yeah. <laughs> it's hard work isn't it absolutely mental so it's been um it's been really sort of what's the word not insightful but it's been it's it's it's, it's been a lesson yeah it's, i've i've learned i've learned a lot yeah and um i think it happens when like in when people go to uni and stuff and they, they do these this long-term relationship type thing like you, you get to miss the person so much that when you come back and you have that week yeah it's the best week of your life it's like, amazing, and yeah. then you get then you get to go again and you, like yeah you get to miss them again but then yeah. when you when you're around people especially on the Alaman, yeah will it be in a small place when you're around people all the time it's hard to adjust to it is yeah. I, I never thought about that from your point of view yeah so just basically integrating myself into normal life normal yeah. family um environment again was was another challenge but um thankfully they've the kids and Lauren included have uh, managed to put up with me for the last seven months because I've been a bit of a nightmare. But no, I, I know we're, we're getting there. I know. Um, I know Grayson's really happy to be back, like oh, full time. Nice. Oh yeah, just because like obviously when you went away and stuff, he's like, oh, Pete's away. Yeah, like it, it oh, was a lot. Nice. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, but yeah. now, now you're back. It seems like he's he's got that nice family life within the house, which is great. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know, maybe <laughs> who me and Adam are, or what our connection is. Um, I've oh, gone. I'll let you tell them. Uh, well, <laughs> well, with dad and stepdad. <laughs> Pretty. I'm uh, my my little boy Grayson. Um, Pete is Grayson's stepdad, so we so, have yeah. a nice relationship. Yeah. Um, it's, it so I met nice, Lauren actually. when Grayson was two. Yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah, Grayson was yeah. two, so what's that been now? Seven years. Yeah. Now, so yeah, but it's um, so he's growing up with two dads. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he he loves it. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. fully aware of it, and it and it's great because it's he's good a- that they're aware of it. And yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's nice because obviously me and Lauren always say it, and it, we're so lucky that we have a relationship that works. Yeah. With you as well, because you yeah, know yeah. there's a lot of families that don't. Yeah. Um, who have been separated, and yeah, I think I think I think it's great, and it's so important for the kids as well, and even like my kids, like Axel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other night when we had you down for dinner yeah. and he was like what did he say well that was nice having grayson's dad around yeah. for dinner <laughs> yeah lauren said to me the other day that he said something like uh when do i get another dad when do i get two dads <laughs> yeah so it's quite it's quite funny at the same time but nah he absolutely loved that grayson when we got home he absolutely loved it because obviously we got in the car from from saturday and and you mentioned going going to the, the mona lisa and I, I just batted it off thinking, oh, you know, it was just a joke. And then yeah. I thought, you know, why don't we actually go at the Mona Lisa? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it to Grace and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then he and then he said, uh, oh, why don't you come around? Oh, she's, you know, you don't you don't come in our house. So why don't you come around and have dinner? <laughs> it, mate, he absolutely loved that. that yeah. was, it was so good to see that how much he enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can yeah we can definitely do more around that anyway. But yeah, that, um, yeah, that was really insightful, that part about, you know, growing growing yourself back or throwing yourself back into a community especially Normal a small society, community yeah. as well yeah it's not like you're going into like london where you can just sort of hide a little bit mm-hmm. you're coming into a like an island where everyone knows who you are yeah you have to everyone judges see people a lot and yeah exactly yeah so it's um god i even seen you doing the garden the other day i know that's a <laughs> I planned it so you're coming up the drive when i was doing <laughs> it but um no it's um it's an interesting one and i did some work with um zwift which is basically a virtual reality indoor um turbo trainer that you put your bike on did that at the world's world championships in harrogate the other or the other month now and then obviously after stopping and stuff and you know i I mentioned a bit about my mental health but um that was kind of in the environment 
it was it, it was uh, they set the the bikes up in a in a brewery so you know every, everyone a lot of people there were like on the drink and stuff and um everyone everyone was asking me i probably had it 10 15 times a day like oh what are you going to do now you're coming back to cycling or um i had people coming up to me who wanted to talk about their mental health um but i found it really interesting because i was like it's not a catch 22 but it's kind of like i want to speak about it and i want to help other people but at the same time when i'm working and i just want to be another normal person working do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. so it's um it's a it's an interesting topic of how how you talk about it in the right sort of environment then also people who have suffered in the past it's it, it's not it's not something that needs to be there all the time you know you want to be known as pete who's just doing well you know what i mean it's yeah not, so it's um i find that interesting as well that's an, i think that's another thing with the other man though you have to sort of you have to take it with a pinch of salt over it don't you yeah true i mean i i struggled with it as that's why when I posted it, I thought, right, what do I do now? Yeah. When I posted my story, I was like, does that mean I have to walk through town and like everyone's gonna look at me? Yeah. yeah. Like you're just gonna be in the centre of attention. But I haven't found that. Like it's it's been it's been incredible. Like this support I guess it's that's like been shown. Liberating in some way. If it's yeah, something it you've been suffering helps with me for a while and then you finally get it off your chest and you feel almost I would say free from it, maybe. Yeah. Do you know what actually that sticks in my mind that helped me a lot was you know, remember when we were in juries? Oh yeah. And Grayson was getting his hair cut, and we were just we were literally just chatting about yeah. you know what we were going to do next, what what you were going to do. Juries, no plug intended. Oh yes, it? yeah. There is other barbers around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that really stuck in my mind because that really helped to just to just to be able to speak and and to realise that you know you were you cycling on a world level. Yeah. And you were able to help me just by talking a little bit. And yeah. I yeah. I, that, yeah, that's incredible. What it can do, and and hopefully this kind of thing like podcasts with people who you know have been pros that kind of thing or run businesses it doesn't matter who you are exactly it doesn't matter who you are it's it's, you know it's gonna it affects everyone or it will affect everyone at some point at some point in their life and also interestingly it affects everyone differently and everyone suffers in a different way and with different reasons so it's it's um yeah it's not just one it's not just one fits all and i think it's just about like what what we talked about in juries it's kind of i was just saying it's normal yeah yeah, yeah. I, I didn't feel, you know, bad or down or embarrassed that I had kind of like I, I had struggles in life. Um just like having having a cold or you get the flu for two weeks and you can't get out of bed. Mm. You know? You can't get out of bed, oh you've got the flu. Oh that's okay then. But oh you can't get out of bed because you're depressed. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. Well it shouldn't be like that. It should just be exactly. well, how can we fix that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's what we've got to make you just gotta be more normal basically, you know, it's like so what like if you if you're struggling it's not a big deal i think you need to just think and people who are struggling who are struggling to come to terms with the fact that they're struggling i think it'll help if you just try and i don't know make it in your own mind feel like it it is more normal and everyone everyone else around you even though people post the perfect life on instagram and go out and seem happy everyone's got their own struggles going on behind closed doors and i think the longer you leave it without talking about it or out or without seeing anyone mm-hmm. um it, it's just going to get worse and worse and it'll build up and build up to a point where you know you you really are in a bad place but i think so remember the first time i went to see a, a psychiatrist over here was 2017 i think and i was in an airport and i had some thinking time i was on my way to a race and i was like i'm just not happy with with, with how i am at at the moment 
and I emailed someone over here and then went to went to see a psychiatrist over here and had a few sessions and then since then I've like worked with a psychologist as well and for me that sending that email for the first time I felt like such a big deal because I felt like mm. am I am I really like damaged Is, am I not am I have I lost it do you know what I mean yeah going to see a psychiatrist yeah and I came back from a first session and I felt so much better straight away yeah I felt more positive I felt just being able to talk to someone in an unbiased environment who can talk about what you're going through and offer you help and and also make it feel like it's okay um it helped it helped loads and now for me going to see a psychologist is just like doing a, a training session it's just part yeah. of life you know it's normal that's great though yeah like and they are they help massively they yeah. really do help massively and that's probably what we lack a little bit of over here especially with like the nhs is being able to you know go and see somebody like that yeah and i think i i was at the time i was lucky enough that i could go um private yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so i could get in within a couple of days but like you say if if you can't do that and it's it's not really it's not much use as it if it's a six month waiting list yeah, exactly so it's definitely something that's got to be looked at but like we said at the start of the show i think what you guys are doing with this charity and just yeah i mean hopefully yeah hopefully that it's about breaking the first boundary to, just to get people to like you send that first email mm-hmm, exactly. Maybe that, and and by doing this kind of thing people listening to these podcasts you know realizing that all these different people are talking about everyone has mental health whether it's good or bad yeah. or in the middle yeah so people actually talking about it and they're they're then thinking do you know what maybe i need to send that first email because i yeah i might feel a little bit broken exactly yeah and also like me and you sat here now we've both had problems in the past but also yeah. we're both really happy now yeah really Doesn't happy. mean yeah. you haven't got a label on your head forever well exactly so i think but That's we're obviously point. taking the first steps to you know to working on on the issues and the problems we had working on yourself on yourself yeah and just exactly taking taking is. time for yourself yeah right let's talk about that day the gold medal oh yeah <laughs> i want to talk i've so i've never spoke to you about this no this is this is huge mm. Like, there's not many Olympic gold medalists in the world. No. You bro- Did you not break the world record twice in two days? I think you broke it on the, on the Thursday, or was yeah. it on the Wednesday, and then and then you got gold on the... F- I should know all this. I think we broke it in qualifying. Yeah. And then broke, broke it again. our own record in the final, yeah. But it was strange. I feel like um, I was quite young at the time, 23, and I just... I just didn't make the most out of anything, you know? I was yeah. like, it kind of was what it was. I don't know cycling's a just strange race. cycling's a strange sport yeah because it's with cycling the olympics is just another race you yeah. know because you have so many other races throughout the year and and stuff like that where i think with other sports you track and field for instance you have like maybe certain maybe three or four big competitions throughout the year yeah and the olympics is the pinnacle or like rowing and stuff like that mm-hmm. but for me it was like it, yeah it was like the i was quite pessimistic actually when i was there you know i was like oh look at everyone look out look how much they're loving it being here and all this and i don't know if that was just like <laughs> my weird men- mentality at the time and then yeah we i didn't go to the opening ceremony um yeah. no did the obviously did the race won the gold that was obviously amazing and then the next day just flew home yeah it's mad but what? it was it was nice coming home though yeah um, i seen had, the pictures had an amazing stuff. amazing reception when i landed here yeah um yeah, I did a quick interview up here with Tim Glover. And then that was pretty much it. Flew, flew to Ibiza the next day. <laughs> so what, what do you And think then I was the... racing in the Tour of Denmark a week later. 
Was it? So yeah. it was that fast. It just went that to, fast. Back to work. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you think it was? So were you when you were on the track and the Olympics were there? Yeah. Were you thinking more of the lines of right? This is this is sort of the last time I'll be on a track. Now I'm going to move up to to go on the road fully. Yeah. What were you thinking like? Because how how can you not? I know. How can that not be like the most stressful time of your life? Like I know because like I feel when I look back now, I feel like it was literally a different person racing there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like me and him are two different people. Mad. Oh, like, I can't. Is, I can't even. Mad. I can't even comprehend doing what I did there now. And yet that was me doing it. Yeah. Eight years ago or whatever. But I remember like, you know, turning up to the track for the final and the atmosphere i remember always remember the atmosphere it was like no, electric unbelievable wasn't it? um but i was just like full of excitement i was just like right let's do this did you think you did you think you were going to do it going we, into we, it we knew we could do it it was just whether you you because obviously you you know you've got the you know you can do the time but you don't know whether like the only sort of thing in the back of your mind is you know are my legs going to turn up on that night and be able yeah. to do what what they can do, or you're in a team of four as well, so you're obviously relying, relying on, on each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, everything went well, uh, felt good, and it just it flew by. Yeah, and then before we knew, it, we were in a nightclub that night celebrating. So it was epic, and it was a it was a good journey to go on with the lads. Um, we won the world championships. Yeah, I've seen that. When was that? In February or March before mm-hmm. same year in yeah. Australia and beat the Aussies in the final by like tenths of a second as well so that that was good and our, our rivalry with the Aussies was really good because for the four years leading leading up to it they beat us in everything and then that was the first time we beat them in the Olympic build up in the, world, in the world championships yeah wow. so that was kind of like the turning point then and also for the world championships in Australia we had like basic skin suits on basic helmets and we knew we had all this like special kit for the Olympics just in the locker, ready to use. Oh, right, okay. Which would just gain us, like, seconds, you know, where the Aussies had their full Olympic kit on. So they didn't know that you were going to pull on this new no, kit and stuff? No, maybe not, no, but it was... So beating them there with all our sort of, like, just basic basic equipment was, you know, good for the morale. Yeah. Um, sort of give you that... Give you that fire to go and beat them in the Olympics. Exactly, yeah. It was, it was in London, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's home as well, man. It's a perfect place to do it. Yeah, so, Especially uh, yeah, so I was lucky with that, that it was... The one medal that I managed to win was the home Olympics. So that's cool. But uh, just that one, just that one medal. Yeah, <laughs> like, you just said it. Like, yeah, you're well, just saying it like it's just. I know. It's just that medal. Like it is a, it's an Olympic gold medal. Yeah. You you can never take that away now. No. So like, no matter what you go on to be, whether it, by the way, you did well doing the ITV presenting. But whether it be like <laughs> presenting, whether it be triathlons, whether it just being a dad, like yeah. you you have a gold medal. Yeah. That is insane to say that. Yeah, and I don't think people over here maybe appreciate it enough because you know we do have quite a lot of good cyclists over yeah, here. Yeah, you're right. But you've got well, look at like to Cav, like look at what he's done in the Tour de France. Hasn't won a gold medal yet, by the way. No, no, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but he's come close though. Yeah, to be has, fair. He but yeah, he he look at what he does in the Tour de France, and then you've got your gold, and then you've got you know Mark Christian that they're going through. Mm-hmm. I think minute. cycling is taken for granted a bit over here, but. Yeah, I think it's just quite it's quite a modest sport as well, cycling, you know. Hmm. So very individual, I think. Yeah, it is, actually. Like you have to you have to be it's quite it must be quite lonely, like yeah. obviously like we were saying, being away and stuff. But you've got obviously so you're an Olympic, 
gold medalist. You've won the world championships. You're national road race champion, 14 and 15. Um, 15 and 16. Is it 15, yeah. 16? See, even that though, like, that's incredible. Commonwealth Games, silver. Yeah, that was that was cool. I like doing that for the Isle of Man. Yeah, that was must have been that nice. Was really that. nice, yeah. And it, what, did you 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 won the stage at the is it the Dauph Dauphiné? Yeah. Is it I pronounce it Dauphiné? Yeah. You done the Tour de France? Yeah. What else have you done? You did did the welter, didn't you? Yeah. Man, that's that is a, that, that is some career that, <laughs> isn't it though? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And what? So what's next? Like I know, obviously I know that you you're training absolutely loads at the minute yeah always in the sea down like see if anyone wants to go and catch him <laughs> it's not a dolphin it's pete kenyon <laughs> <laughs> what's all this know. for um good well good question what i'm gonna do next yeah um and that like kind of uncertainty has been there all year really yeah so obviously you get paid as a cyclist just like any other job salary just money goes in the bank each month but then you stop in February and then the money stops. Mm. <laughs> so it soon goes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, readjusting to that, um, trying to sort of budget. I so, I kind of said to myself, I'll give me give give myself a year and a half, um, to figure stuff out and try and figure out what I'm going to do for work, what I'm going to do for a job, and then with that time, I've kind of been like, I guess, dipping my toe in different stuff and seeing what I like. Basically, um, the resentment stuff was good. You did well as well, to be fair, for the first time. It was like you didn't look out of place or anything like it, that. Yeah, it was the first couple of days were a bit stressy just yeah. because you just gotta get used to so much stuff. It's like so much stuff that you don't realise at home as well. Um like when you're presenting the show and you have it all depends on, with cycling, you never know, quite know how long the stage is gonna be in time because it obviously depends on how quick the riders go. Yeah. So that'll then decide how long or how much time we have to fill at the end of the show yeah yeah. yeah. so sometimes you can have maybe a minute 30 other times you can have five minutes and you know you have the director in your ear and you have gary who's sort of like the host next to me and he'll ask you a question and then you have the director in your ear at the same time as you're answering the question saying okay pete 15 seconds to a break and you're trying to answer the question while he's counting down he's like okay 10 seconds oh and then you try and you've got to try and almost figure out how to wrap sentences up yeah, without yeah. sounding stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah without so, just stopping. Yeah, at home someone came up. That was a bit of a rubbish answer. Yeah, but then I've got I've got someone counting me down three, two, one, and then they just oh, go to a break. Man, didn't know that. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There was a, there was a lot to learn, um, and it was it was great to give me a perspective, get get perspective back on the sport as well because I think for the last couple of years I was because I wasn't you know so happy. I was quite cynical about everything. Yeah. Um, and like I'd finish a stage of the Tour de France, and I'd just be like, "Get get me back to the bus, get me back to the hotel." You know, just want to be on my own and just lie on my bed. Yeah. And then going there for ITV was really good because you can see how much, like from the outside looking in, yeah, how big yeah. it is, and like how much goes into even just producing a show like ITV do for the Tour de France. Mm. Um, so that was that was a great experience. Uh, it was tough though, long days, um, and obviously. A lot of it's live, so yeah, I was thinking stress that. there. You know, you don't want to, and that's the biggest thing I'd say, which was what changed from the first week to the third week. All I was thinking about in the first couple of days was not messing up my answers or not mumbling. You know, like you know, yeah, it's live. <laughs> yeah, so you don't know, uh, uh, you don't want to be doing any of that. So I was just like, right, just give them in my head. I was like, basic answer, just get it, get it done, yeah. and and don't you know, <laughs> don't mess up. But then by the third week, because I'd spent three weeks with Gary. 
and all the other guys and the camera crew and got sort of accustomed and used to the set and how everything worked then it felt a lot more like me and you sat here you could just yeah. answer your questions naturally it felt like a chat rather than all this pressure on you from the camera crew and thinking about all the million of pe- millions of people at home watching mm. so once i kind of became accustomed to that and felt more natural with that then it was felt like i could you know do a, a lot better job yeah but yeah so i did a bit of that and then for, i think for next year well and also sorry that made me realize that i think i'm too young to stop doing sport basically because mm-hmm. a lot of the guys who work on tv ex-cyclists um they're kind of 40 anywhere between 40 and 60 you know they've they've done that quite a long career and they're happy with just working and doing that kind of job outside of cycling now yeah but for me i kind of felt it was great and everything what we did from a day-to-day basis but still at the end of the day i felt i guess it was really soon after my retirement as well yeah, but I, f- I felt like a bit something was missing do you know what i mean yeah and especially being that close to the race as well yeah so yeah, yeah. after stopping in february and itv asked me to do that job i was a bit apprehensive i was like that's quite soon to be so close to the sport again mm. and then i think being so close to the sport and seeing the right because sometimes our set was maybe 100 meters after the finish line so you know like seeing the riders who was you yeah two years ago or whatever seeing them and i was like oh do miss miss that feeling a bit um but so now i've decided to try and become a triathlete (laughs) (laughs) so my objective is to so triathlons kind of different to cycling you there's basically as amateurs you all you're all in age group ranges so like 25 to 30 30 to 35 and then there's an amateur age group triathlon worlds which is on at the same time as the pro triathlon worlds Mm-hmm. And that's in Kona every year in October in Hawaii. So next year, my aim is to qualify for the Amateur World Championships and go to Kona and do that with the idea of maybe trying to turn pro the year after. Mm. But it's a new sport. I only started swimming in February. Never <laughs> ran a marathon in my life. Never swam 3.8K in my life. And I've never done them all together. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of open-minded about it. It's It's something that I'm going to try and do. Yeah, yeah. and train for but I'm, at the same time I'm not saying I'm going to become this like mad professional triathlete so it's just, and also it's something that I get enjoyment out of when I stopped in February there was, a, there was a big part missing in my life and I probably didn't do any exercise for about a month and I was such a slob I couldn't get out of bed couldn't motivate myself to do anything and then there was a local triathlon in May over here mm-hmm. and it was like two weeks out from it and I said to Lauren oh, shall I just enter it something to do it's just one of ramsey yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i did i entered that trained for two weeks and as soon as i started training everything just fell into place then i was so much more and this is quite a good point we can get back to of mental health i was so much more productive in my day-to-day life so much happier just from doing an hour an hour's exercise a day i was on the phone to my agent saying you know what work can we find for me to do can we do this can we do that and i went from literally being in a bit of like a whole of not really knowing where to go what to do with my life or no motivation for really anything to start an exercise start an exercising and then everything else in my life sort of started to fall back into place Mm. so then i was like and to be fair my psychologist did say how important exercise is for your mental health but obviously at that time i was so 
head in the clouds and down the dumps with stopping that I didn't really, you know, I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I know it's important, but I really can't be bothered doing anything right now, you know? Yeah. So, um, but then once I started it, I was like, wow, that was just so much more productive, so much happier. Um, trying to look for different, different sort of work I could do and trying to figure out my life a bit more. And uh, so that's another reason for the triathlon stuff as well. You know, it's like, it's something that I know sort of, keeps me like maintains my mental health yeah and helps me day to day just by doing can be anything half an hour run to four hours on the bike whatever but it's really important for me it gives you that focus exactly. back in your life. gives you the focus yeah because yeah. obviously when when you when you left your sport you were like what was there to do for that month there wasn't much to do mm. for that month was there so yeah. you and you didn't have that focus and also from your whole life you have a focus every day yeah, yeah, yeah. from your training yeah. and then that goes and then you have nothing and then everything else falls apart around it because you haven't yeah. got that focus and you, you don't even realize that, that that was what you were missing yeah so but it's like you see it quite cool. a lot with you know you're good mates with danny roberts aren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of the stuff he's doing and that, that lunatic lunatic <laughs> <laughs> you know it's probably that's the kind of stuff that I think people need some some people are more extreme with it aren't they than others yeah, yeah, yeah. you know people you see people doing Iron Man's left, right, and centre. You see people running marathons, and Danny's chose to what's it? What's he going to do? Walk up and down the mountain. He's either going to walk and run consecutively up from beach level up Snaefell fourteen times. Yeah, that's epic, so, that, it? so that's the equivalent of of Everest. And what date's that on? Oh, now you got me. Um, I think it's February. So we need to get out there and support him, but. I reckon you need to get him on the podcast after he's done that. <laughs> after he's done it, yeah. Well, ruin him first and then get oh him on to talk God. about, yeah. That's, uh, that's But he, that's even even mentioning Danny there, we had Jake, young Jake doing the um, the cycling at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Another good point, yeah. What, f- he cycled 300, 300 miles and he did it, I think it was 16, 16 hours 30. Yeah. On a static turbo trainer. <sighs> My God, yeah. honestly. It's, I have no um, idea how he did it. I'm, I sat on one of them things for like 10 minutes and <laughs> I, I couldn't walk when I got off it. Yeah, I did an hour. Yeah, an hour he did. Yeah, he did. But, um, Doing some sweating as well, by the way. I know, it's hot <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's more like the mental capacity to do that. But I don't I don't know in your other podcast if you've talked about Jake much, but he's he's obviously found something that's, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff now yeah. to help raise awareness and raise yeah. money. And that's obviously, even just having that little focus is probably mm. helping him loads, you know? He messaged me yesterday and he said, I, you know, I said, "How are you doing?" And he was like, "I was sore, but I got back on, on the bike just to get my legs going again." Oh yeah, fair play to him. But he goes, um, "You mentioned something about trying to climb a mountain." I was climb like, "Jake, Jake, you've just literally like climb a mountain for to raise money for charity." Oh yeah. So I, I think you're exactly right. He is, you know, he's he's realised now. I think the the main thing from that on Saturday for me was, you know, he finished at what time is it? Half nine, mm. and you know, he got off the bike and he was. You know, he was like really emotional. Yeah. I was quite emotional to be honest, because because yeah. I'd realised that it, it sh- it's proved to him that when you put your mind to it, you can really go with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he, I don't think he realised that he could push his mind to that sort of capacity. No. Whereas you look at the likes of you and you look at the likes of Danny, you've done it all your lives. Yeah. Like you've pushed yourselves mentally and physically most of your lives. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a bit different for Jake. Like obviously he's always been a cyclist, but he's you know he wasn't pro like that so he wasn't having to do it every single day as a job yeah so to be able to push his mind like that on saturday for 16 and a half hours without 
well for stopping for five minutes to go to the toilet mm-hmm. like that's that's incredible yeah and that'll just give him so much confidence in yeah just general life I, that's what he said to me that's all it is you know? that's what he said he said I, i've you know i've I think that will help him find himself a little bit. That's what I mean. I think a lot of people struggle with with purpose yeah, in yeah, life, yeah. and I think that's probably a big sort of reason. Why I think that's where I went wrong. Purpose, purpose, yeah. yeah. And you've got to, you've got to, some people have purpose and then lose it. Some people never have it, and some people realize or figure out how to find it. Mm. And I think I think for you, the charity work you're doing now. I think that's probably gave you so much purpose. Yeah, big time. And and that that just helps everything. Like like it's exactly the same with my training. Once yeah. you have that purpose, whether it be work or sport or music, whatever it is, once you have that, then everything else around your life is a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah, it it was it was strange because it was once I started to because obviously you 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 know you you know what I was sort of going through, and the times when I couldn't have Grayson, I was making up excuses not to have Grayson because I didn't want him around. I, you know, I bailed on Christmas with yous because yeah. I just wasn't mentally in a right in, in the right place. And once I come round and once I, you know, started to do the research and started to find different ways to boost myself a little bit, once I'd posted that and the purpose came behind reach and to be able to, you know, it can actually really help people. I was like, wow, my whole life started to fall back into place. Like you, like you said, I wanted to be around Grayson a lot more. I yeah. wanted to go back into, you know, teaching him how to play football, coaching his football. I only went back to play football last week, but I've got that back now. Now I've got the fire back to go and play football. Yeah. And I think that's all to, pretty much all to do with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, it's incredible how much purpose can just make everything else fall into place. It, yeah, I feel if you have purpose in your life, that's the main thing, whatever it may be. I think, and I think it helps. It helps. I'd say probably anxiety is the biggest one. Just mm. relief, relieve it. You know what I mean? You yeah. feel like you've got got a place, and it's a difficult one at the same time because if you are lost and you are down, it's like it's it's quite easy to say, "Oh, go and find some purpose," isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, or you go know? out for a walk, like get yeah, some yeah. exercise. I'll go on, go and do a run. It's the last thing you want to do, yeah. isn't it? I remember when I we always joke in my family because I've retired in my head or with the family that many times because it was every February for sounds like years. my brother so it's actually like, yeah, <laughs> retirement point one retirement one point two and it's yeah. like the, the the first time the, no the fourth time I retired without telling anyone I've only retired once by the way like publicly <laughs> but the fourth time I retired to my family we were in Gran Canaria on a training camp and I went out did five hours the first day I got there with Ben Swift then the next day, I went out and did an hour and didn't feel good. Came home and because it had happened four times before at the same time, same time of year, in my head I was like, "Pete, it's just a bad day. Don't worry about it." Yeah. Um. You know, just relax. Go and have a nice day with the family. Try and train again tomorrow. And the next day, I did ten minutes. Bearing in mind, I've had a full winter's training. I've I've had good results throughout my whole year, yeah. like we've said. Um. I couldn't do. I had no power. Nothing. My, nothing could. I. My legs wouldn't turn the pedals. I did 10 minutes, came back and said, I'm done, I'm retiring. <laughs> and my mum... <laughs> it's the fourth time. <laughs> yeah. My mum and Lauren were just like, okay. And then we went for dinner and they were like, you know, can you just go to the end of the season? You know, and then stop. Yeah. And I was like, do you realise the thought of going to a bike race next week is like the worst thing possible I could ever imagine doing? Yeah. But 
going back to that purpose thing, it's it's really hard because I can't I I couldn't explain to them what's going on in my head because I couldn't explain to myself. Hmm. And there was I wanted to be as far away from cycling as as I could. Like the thought of being at a bike race or being in a cycling environment was just even though I was in Australia two weeks earlier racing. Yeah. For some reason, it just like that. It's flicking my head, and I don't want to do it, and I can't do it. It's like physically, I can't do it, and then mentally, I would get really sort of anxious in the mornings about going out on my bike because, like we talked about identity and judging yourself on how you are on the bike. If I put my kit on and can only do half an hour, or go out on the local ride with people who work and just do it as a hobby, and I can't even keep up with them. Yeah, my whole day's ruined then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. then I would just not. I wouldn't put my kit on. Uh, last year, I went seven weeks in March without without riding my bike once. Then finally, um, I had like a close group of friends and stuff, and obviously speaking with a psychiatrist. And there's Tom Doyle who messaged me, and his dad used to be an ex-pro and stuff. And he was like, you know, just give it one more one more try, mate. You know, if it's just think about your family. He's like, if you don't do it for yourself, just do it for them. And then I went out. And the, the next day I was fine. I don't know why. And mm. then I was 16th in the Worlds last year. Yeah. And then it happened again this year in February. So I think, and that's the trouble with mental health because when you're in it, as a person, you can't see a way out. Yeah, you can't. But all, all you can, I would say the only recipe is to talk to people because talking to someone, it might not help at first, but then it will eventually, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a complicated one, but it's the only it's the only advice I can offer. But I can also, and you'll be able to as well, relate to not being able to talk. Yeah, because when you're 100%. in that mindset, it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah, you do, of course you don't want to. And I think when I when the doctor said to me, he was like, "Look, you you're struggling with panic disorder, these panic attacks and and anxiety." I didn't believe in it. And I was like, well, I must be the worst person in the world that's got this because there's no way anyone else is feeling like me. Mm. Like, there's no way no one can... I couldn't go downstairs to get in the car. Yeah. Like, I couldn't walk across the road to get into my car without, like, holding onto a bottle of water. I was, like, panicking about it. Mm. I was like, there's no one else in the world like this. <laughs> Surely not. So he's either got it wrong or yeah. I need some serious help, like, really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, no, one, no one's taking this seriously enough. But obviously, like... Then I started to research and started speaking. You realise, you know what? Panic attacks, panic attack. It comes, mm. it comes and goes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like anxiety. You'll have days where you're really good. Yeah. You have other days where you're a bit nervous, and like you, you had times on the bike that during that four-year period that you absolutely loved and you thrived as well. Like yeah, you were exactly, doing, yeah. you were doing brilliantly, and then randomly other times, that thing in your mind would just take over and it would shut your whole body down. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that. That happens with everyone, I think. When you let it take over your mind, like the, the physical feeling that you get is is crazy. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I just yeah, I just like you've done a, do you've done a winter camp and you still couldn't ride your bike. Couldn't do half an hour. Physically couldn't pedal. That's when you think about it. That's 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 like yeah, yeah, mind blown, isn't it? It's insane. Went from doing thirty hours a week on the bike to not being able to do half an hour hmm. because my legs were that heavy that I felt like I had no power to even push on the pedals. Yeah. Um, and then when that's your livelihood and that's the only thing you do for work, yeah. then you're in trouble, you know? <laughs> yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, can easily, it can easily spiral. Um, but it's, it's for me, it's going to be interesting to see 
my relationship with cycling if that affected how I am in February to March because coming up yeah because I've I've had that every every year for the last five years now yeah but I've been a cyclist and now I feel great yeah but this time last year I also felt great yeah okay. so I'm quite I'm intrigued to see I'm sure like Lauren isn't but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what I'm going to be like in February you know like if everything I've done and the adjustments I made to my life are going to actually make me maybe feel more stable or yeah maybe because I won't be in such a high pressure environment where I've got to perform and I've got to train on a day-to-day basis even though I've just openly said I'm going to try and do a triathlon world <laughs> championship <laughs> whether but maybe it'll be maybe it was the pressure thing that that was the the sort of the thing that set it off I don't know yeah um but yeah we'll find out but yeah don't overthink it though yeah like don't when it comes to February think oh I'm meant to feel shit now. Like I'm meant yeah, to. Then it's in your head. Isn't yeah, it? don't don't feel that. Just go with it and see what happens. Exactly. I'm I'm sure like, I'm sure you, you know this this February coming it'll be a complete different feeling that you have. Obviously you've, so. do, you've done Christmas and stuff. You will have done Christmas with the family. Yeah. You wouldn't have had to have thought oh, I'm racing in Australia in January. Yeah, yeah. Like you were doing. Like yeah. you wouldn't have to think that. That's All not the on the agenda. Yeah. Kind of taken away. Yeah. Exactly. And and you're not really enjoying Christmas either. No. Because you you know you can have a drink every now and again and then you've yeah. got to go and on your bike the next day yeah. in, in the freezing weather but yeah. i mean well you're gonna have to get in the sea in christmas time aren't you to be yeah. fair you're gonna have to get oh, yeah. you i mean you're gonna <laughs> get have to train still aren't you <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that's what are you like what are you like on the bike when you're doing traffic triathlons what do you mean do you, like do you still have that fire like yeah oh yeah i love it do you yeah but that's only obviously like a how long you're on the bike for well in the, so the only the, i've done a half ironman is the longest triathlon i've done so far um so that's so you're just gonna go for an iron man that's not yeah <laughs> Good that's shout. um that's 90k what on so the bike yeah that was about two and a half hours so yeah i enjoyed it uh full iron man's 180k so double the distance basically that's a long time after what what's a swim 3.8k i think so it goes swim cycle run yeah and then a marathon at the end 26 and a half miles is it tw- something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Something K. How are you meant to do that when you've just blasted your legs on a bike? I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you are um, not worth that far yet. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but it's, at the well, same it's time, different, it's, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a low pressure environment. It's like I've got nothing to, to prove. If I'm good at it, I'm good at it. Yeah. If I'm not, and I think that's important. I think from stuff I've learned over the last couple of years with dealing with my sort of mental health and stuff, I think stress is a massive um, factor which can trigger trigger stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's keeping keeping your stress levels low and for me personally when i was stressed or when i was struggling with my mental health the only thing that i could the only thing that i could do to get away from my thoughts and to to make my mind like not preoccupied was drink yeah so yeah, i yeah. was i was really drinking quite a lot I, you know i wasn't an alcoholic but i was doing it all the time i was like self-medicating myself with alcohol mm. But actually, that's like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, of course. Um, which, but for me, it's like it's it's just it's it's sociably acceptable. People do it all the time, every day, yeah. and I was just doing it without realizing to to self medicate myself, basically. Yeah. And in the end, you just you just feel worse from it. Um, yeah, of course you do. So then, but yeah, now now I medicate myself with with exercise. So. Yeah, which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you reckon you've got, like, f- from the outside looking in and. And obviously, I I might know you a little bit, a little bit more than other people will. But I I feel like you've got like quite an addictive personality. Yeah. Like you you when you see something there, you not you don't mess around. Like no, you just, no. 
So like whether it be triathlons, cycling, or whatever else you're going to do in your life, yeah, yeah, I feel like you're just going to go full steam at it, aren't you? Yeah, I think that's common trait in a lot of sports people actually. They don't yeah. really understand half measures. Yeah, 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 and I think that's the reason why you can get so far. Then I could, that can also be something that can trip you up. Yeah, I was you know thinking I mean? that. Yeah, yeah. So that see that could have a big impact on like being enjoying something and not enjoying it exactly yeah yeah which you've got to always, always keep an eye on so you know I, something i've already thought about with with the triathlon thing i was like you know the last thing i want to do is be in the same position i was within the cycling world within triathlon because that's for me that's not that's not moving forward but then also i think how i have moved forward is realizing that yeah yeah, yeah. because i wouldn't have in the first place you know what i mean mm. so what so what happens if you you go and smash this Coney Island Iron Man, <laughs> and you get this fella coming up behind you, tapping you on the shoulder, and says, "Look, I've got, I've got a nice little sponsorship deal here for you. If you mm. go pro, I'll definitely take it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're in the position where you're give like, "Give me oh. the money." <laughs> <laughs> then you're got in the a position, mortgage, no job. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's not ideal, is it? No, but I mean, it. You just don't want to get yourself into that like heightened situation again, do you? Where you have to then. You you know your job is relying on your performance. Yeah. Like yeah. as a triathlon, triathlons are hard, mate. I've they never are. obviously I've never done one, but I've seen a lot of people doing them, and I, I, mean, I can't, like I said to you the other day, I can't even do five k. You killed me walking <laughs> from your house to watch the fireworks oh, yeah. the other day. <laughs> I, can, I can't. Fireworks. Yeah, I can't do five k. <laughs> you, you took Grayson and did a a, a triathlon, uh, a park run, a park run. Oh yeah. And he but he did it in what. What 26 minutes 26 minutes yeah mate that scares me because <laughs> i couldn't do it in fo- i probably couldn't do it in 46 nah you could i'm t- i'm i'm genuinely telling you so i've, I've been trying to get adam down to <laughs> one of the next park runs can't do Instead it of his nine-year-old son can do it he can do it so <laughs> i'm yeah. have to run next to you and you might have to like drag me around a little bit get a little rope or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally just get, get a little <laughs> rope but it's different for you like you were saying you were saying it didn't you were like it's only 5k though come on you, you can definitely do that but like you you've got a complete different mindset like you've got a complete different physical health like mm. 5k to you is probably a walk in the park literally or yeah. like getting on a bike <laughs> and doing like 90k is is doable yeah it's normal yeah, yeah put me on a bike and see if i can do 9k <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's different isn't yeah. it so yeah, you, yeah. you have a you have a complete different like like sport like Dan, like Danny yeah yeah so absolute like, nightmares uh, to be around because subconscious mentality that you have it's like Danny's like come on let's go and I'm going to go and walk Snaefell today or I'm going to go from the sea level I'm going to go and walk it just to get a little bit of training mm. no mate I couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday I'm watching David Attenborough and that is the end that's of it that's great <laughs> isn't it though like yeah. no, no I absolutely do not want to do that but but that's what I have to do to like settle me down <sighs> so once I've done Man, done that in do the it. morning then I'm like I'm 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 okay to be around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're I don't do something, that you've done something. If I don't, yeah. If I don't do something, I'm a nightmare. Really? Like I literally like wind up the kids all day because I'm bored. They don't need winding up, mate. And exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. So, so winding Lauren up, you mean? Wind them all up, yeah. Like I'm just so unsettled. <laughs> but I think that's just because I've done that my whole life. So without Is that why you doing I the grass every day? I don't feel normal. <laughs> the grass. <laughs> <laughs> was I really doing the grass? You had the you had the lawnmower out. And oh, I, was like, I think I was that? just testing it out. To be fair. Oh wait, what? See yeah. if you could go and run with that or something. No, my dad's bloody had me out buying lawnmowers all day. Where did he take me to? <laughs> the <laughs> most manxist place. Not Riley's. No, no. Oh, way manxer than that. Way manxer. Name some. It's by what, um, the farmers. The farmers market thing. No, no. It's got a proper manx name. 
It's by... You're not supposed to plug it, people it, on here, by the way. Yeah, well, if this is the second <laughs> plug we're doing. It's on the key. Oh, Sadler's. Sadler's, yes. Bobby Sadler's. Bobby, he, oh, uh, hey, he is Manx, him, isn't he? <laughs> How Manx is he? <laughs> you can't understand a word they're saying, can you? Oh, I was just in there. I was like, Dad, listen, I just want a lawnmower. I don't need to talk about one for an hour. I, yeah. just want, I just want to cut the grass. You no, know to mean? be fair though, they've got some nice lawnmowers up there. They have, yeah. They're not cheap, but they've <laughs> got some set on ones as well. <laughs> well. Bobby's making some cash out of the garden business. <laughs> they've got guns upstairs as well. But yeah, should have gone upstairs. Yeah, oh, been got like pellet guns and that. <laughs> It'd been fun, wouldn't it? But yeah, I thought I'd try this lawnmower out. And yeah, but that, do you know what? That used to look to cut on the grass. Like. Even like even little things like that, like you know, yeah, a bit of a novelty, like yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even even like little tasks, you probably you you probably didn't do much that day, and you're probably thinking, right, I'm not sitting down yet. I've I've still got something I need to do. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably like that. Whereas I'm like I'm the opposite. I'm like. I haven't done anything today, so I'm just going to keep doing nothing. <laughs> I am really bad for like half jobs, though. Yeah. yeah. So, like once I realise that cutting the grass is dead boring, I'll just like leave the lomo in the middle of the garden and come back <laughs> it's in. Still there? Yeah. Oh, still no, at the front of your house? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's to go to the tip. Oh, right. You see what right, I mean? Right. Yeah, I took yeah. it out. The, I was cleaning the garage and did a few tip runs. And then, yeah, put the, the, that this old lawnmower that's broken in the garage, and I was like, well... I'm going to get rid of that. Get rid of that, but it's just been sat outside... Instead of being sat in the garage, it's been sat outside the front of the house for a month. <laughs> I thought you were going to put it on eBay or something, try and pay, uh, pay your mortgage. I know, I need to, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. So what? So that's, that's, that's what's next. Like, triathlon, you're going for Coney Island. Yeah. Obviously, you're a dad of three, so you get to spend loads more time with the kids. Yeah, that's been good. That's going to be ace. What? What else have you got? So you you DJing as well, aren't you? Doing a bit of DJing. Yeah, so I part own Peggy's, the oh, nightclub over plug. here. Hey, oh, another plug. <laughs> there are other uh, places you can go on a night out. <laughs> That's free unintended plugs. Well, I don't know. I think someone's paying you yet. No way. Jamie Jury- Lewis giving you money, is he? Jury slipped me a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> free haircut. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd hope so. I haven't had a free haircut yet, Ben. By the way, if you're listening. Yeah, there you go. But, um, yeah, so Peggy's, I'm I'm involved involved in that and jeff the mongoose as well um so yeah do a bit of djing there and just also it's just when i was um still racing i've i've been good friends with jamie lewis who sort of runs the place mm. met him in bath and bottle when he worked there and uh yeah it just ended up being really close friends so it's something i just got involved with quite like sort of events and quite like nightclubs and quite like drinking so i was like why not you know <laughs> yeah it all works doesn't it but you <laughs> What's what's going on with the DJing side of it? You do you you focus on that a lot as well. Not too. I guess for me, DJing's like a hobby. Yeah. So I'm really into sort of into music, and it's a nice opportunity to be to be able to just play it play in a club. Yeah. Um. So it's more just like a something to entertain me really, and so I've got a few sort of gigs planned over there in throughout the winter. Yeah. So that'd be good, and then I think it's. It's it's just it's having something. I think it's about having interest as well, like different interests. You know what I mean. So, the triathlon stuff instead of like your whole life being involved around that, you've got other stuff you can talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And other stuff to keep you to keep you interested, which is Peggy's has been great for that. Um, although the nightlife is, it's tough to crack over here, isn't it? I think they're doing a pretty good job. Though. They're doing all right, yeah. Um, so we're we're gonna try and sort of develop that brand and that club over the next couple of years, which is quite exciting. Hmm. Um, I seen it on Saturday night on Instagram and stuff. Oh it's yeah, just mad isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, so good. different, like compared to what it, is yeah. here. Yeah, and without giving too much away, I think it's it's about having uh, an environment where people feel relaxed and it's not uptight. You know, yeah. Like 
you don't want grumpy moody bouncers on the door yeah making you feel uncomfortable you Very don't true. want you know you just want somewhere you can go and have fun and it's not it's not massively uptight and you don't feel judged it's like i think and i think peggy's as a brand is quite sort of relaxed sassy relaxed it's like you know it's very sassy be what you want be what you want do what you want yeah yeah. come and have fun you know the club it's like we've just we've done it on a relatively small budget and it's kind of it almost feels like i think like a house party rather than being in a nightclub do you know what i mean it does yeah Yeah. right does feel like a house party which people like so yeah that's a very good point so that'll be that'll be good to get involved with that over christmas i feel like the music's different as well compared to anywhere else Mm. it's like well there's no chart music exactly you don't hear anything like so like that. You, that's so like the you number s- one rule you know oh is it yeah oh right okay right so what are you going to do with your cds when you get up on the djing on the decks <laughs> <laughs> what is this 1990 dkts though like well grayson told me that you just press play but I f- yeah just... <laughs> play, play and sync and then just stand there <laughs> waving your arms in the air <laughs> nah some of the music's quality like the older the older stuff it's brilliant yeah exactly yeah yeah f- fair play I, f- I, I hope peggy's does really well because it, it's so fresh mm. for the other man you just got to keep it fresh you whereas do, yeah. i think you guys are keeping it fresh whereas you look at look at the likes of paramount or what was the one further down that was underneath the best western, best western. uh strand 58 was it oh yeah yeah like they they kept reopening and then shutting and then reopening it's like they were changing it all the time yeah. just they just weren't getting anywhere with it no. so I f- hopefully this is this goes well fingers well, crossed yeah. anyway so you've got loads going on to be fair mate yeah quite a bit to keep me occupied yeah like i say with the family as well yeah, and that, the, um, that'll be that'll be and the, and the real dad feeding him once a week you know <laughs> <laughs> hey listen i i'll take food anytime at your, at your house mate no worries but yeah um, I'll Chloe for a quick... yeah let's well listen i'm, I'm gonna plug Mona lisa because oh, you, you oh, absolutely yeah. love the place oh i'm there every week well maybe we'll do that next time i thought i should have like my table reserved in there that much i couldn't believe it when you rang up, up i couldn't believe it i thought do they know who this guy is couldn't get in could we <laughs> No. Half five, fully booked at half five. I was like, this guy's Mr. Laxy, like, do you not know him? I know, message the owner and everything. Oh, Said oh. no chance. No, maybe you should have slipped him a tenner. I should have, yeah. Well, I do tip, all right, you know what I mean? But Apparently think, not, think, apparently think, not, if they're not, <laughs> if they're not getting you in. They probably just didn't want the kids there. But, yeah, um, probably. The, uh, I think the whole of Laxy was there, wasn't it, before the fireworks? Yeah, unfortunately. That was yeah, like an got... episode of The Simpsons or Coronation Street, the fireworks, wasn't it? Oh, Literally strange, everyone, really everyone strange. was there with me really strange man <laughs> i couldn't really get my head around it it was funny like walking down there and just seeing the whole of laxi it was literally whoa don't i yeah Great. i love laxi though yeah no i love laxi well. thanks for plugging the mona lisa as well yeah no worries i'm, I'm sure you're probably part, you're probably part of that at some point as well yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> it's like your next venture we'll see <laughs> right if you've got i'm gonna ask you three free tips oh god so i haven't this by the way i haven't pre- prepped you for this so you, you're no. on, you're on your feet pretend oh. pretend you got the director in here saying you've got 15 seconds or something Three things. Um, if people are struggling mm-hmm. and they haven't spoke out, um, how to help them? How would you help? How would you help a person that that is struggling with their mental health but hasn't spoke out yet? What are the, what are the three things that you'd say to look at or to to help them? The first thing I would do is some form of exercise every day or every other day. Without fail, that is the first thing you should do. Yeah. Um. I know we've talked about saying it's easier to it's easier said than done, but just get yourself out the door, get out of the house, exercise. And the second thing I would do is go and see a professional. Yeah. Whether it be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, because 
with with your friends or your family there's always a subconscious hidden agenda with either you or with them so whether it's you not being fully open and only wanting to say things that you want them to hear okay or them saying things that they think you want to hear yeah got you so you, yeah. you it, it's it's still good to speak to your family or friends if you if you're struggling but it'll only i think personally it'll only get you so far yeah where you go and see a professional they know exactly what they're talking about they've they 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 understand the subject more than anyone and they're unbiased so they just see you it's like they just see you as a person not as adam hudgen or peter kenya yeah and they 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 can figure out how to help you and they ask the right questions and a lot of time when i've seen psychologists or they kind of just reframe your question and you end up answering it yourself just by looking at it in a different way yeah uh, it's, re- it's really clever but that's the second thing i would do what's the third thing oh, directly saying 15 seconds so I would say go and have a bottle of red wine, but that's, <laughs> that's not the right thing to do. No, <laughs> that's what I would do. But um, that's not the right thing to do. Um, what about you? What about your diet? We haven't spoken about your diet. Oh, really. interesting one. Like, what? What's your diet? Interesting. Has your diet changed a lot since you've stopped cycling and stuff? Oh, mate. Like, if you put weight on. So now you've said that diet's probably yeah, probably the third thing because that's key to a lot of things. I think diet's key, you know. Yeah. Like, like genuinely do I you mean go, I you... eat terribly but like when I try <laughs> yeah like you have a, a Domino's with all the sides and everything and the, the thing is with diet I think if you eat like that all the time you'll probably feel sluggish all the time and you won't even really oh realize. is that why is that why yeah. I have you like <laughs> yeah, this that's why you, that's why you don't want to go up the mountain yeah this is why I can't even, do 5k you won't even realise that you're feeling sluggish because that's just how you feel but for me if I have like a big salty meal whether it's like a, a Mona Lisa <laughs> or um, a Domino's, and then they wake up the next morning, and you have like it's almost like a food hangover. So, I think diet is is a big one. My diet, personally, since I've stopped, has probably it. Well, let's be fair; it's it's gone downhill because you go from being a professional athlete, getting paid to perform, so you look at everything you know, and diet's a big part of that. But then for me, it's been really nice to just. Oh, you know what? I fancy a pizza tonight. Or yeah. it's nice to sit down and eat whatever the kids are eating. Mate, you put some ham and cheese away on Saturday night with that bread. Oh, I did. Yeah, <sighs> I love parma ham and Jeez. parmesan cheese. But yeah. That's not too bad. No, I know it's not too bad, but you're you're launching it back, like. Yeah, that's my fave. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Bit of olive oil. Olive oil. No, it's that as well. And yeah, prosciutto. I just did the pizza in that you made. You did. You smashed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to go but, for a pint as well, isn't it? Like it was nice on on Saturday to just. I don't really go for a pint on Saturday because I have footy and mm. you probably train a lot. So yeah. it's nice to just be like, do you know what? I'm going to go for a pint. I'm just, it was, it's just enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah, just one pint. And you can, do, yeah, you can do it now yeah, yeah, exactly. like without having to think, oh God, I've got to do six hours on a bike tomorrow. Well, I'd feel guilty when I woke up that I had a pint or that yeah, I had a yeah. pizza. I'd be like, I've... Um... But you just had great family time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So like it it, come, it's in, it weighs itself out. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you're not going to feel guilty because you've just had a great day with your family. No. Whereas, if you were still cycling, then you wouldn't have been able to have that great day with your family. Exactly. Oh no. In a sense. Yeah, yeah. So look at it that way. It's and so you'd, positive. You'd live on the limit for weeks or even months, and you'd you'd have like a binge day or whatever it may be. You might have like a bottle of wine or a couple of pints and a load of rubbish food, and the next day you'd you'd almost like beat yourself up about it. Maybe That's what? another thing with professional sport. A lot of people are like verging on being anorexic, you know. Yeah. But I mean, we're going off on tangents here, aren't we? No, you have put a bit of weight on though. Oh yeah, I put probably. Um, so when I raced, I was at my lightest, fifty nine kilos in two thousand thirteen. 
seen a picture man you yeah, so, so just like you so skinny yeah like you don't realize do you no and now i'm when i did the try over here in september i was 69 so that's almost well that's 10 kilos but that was from my very lightest as a cyclist i'd say now i'm probably 74 what am i what's what's that in stone no idea 74 kilos quite a bit oh, danny don't hate me for this but I, th I think we weighed i was like 90 i'm like 13 and a half never been over 11 in my life really because obviously the last two years i've just let my life go and find its happiness yeah that didn't include football because i wasn't happy playing football at the time all oh, right stopping all exercise and i've always tried to put weight on never been able to do it oh okay, metabolism yeah. was so high that's like double whammy now i'm sat here at 13 and a half stone like geez i need to start losing weight soon yeah like i need to start going on park runs but yeah exactly. asap. well it's just about but being happy, healthy isn't it? yeah it's about, exactly it's about balance i think it's 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 not it's okay it's not healthy to be 15 stone and not exercise yeah but if you're 13 stone, i'm getting there mate yeah you will be there <laughs> after christmas maybe but if oh, you're yeah. 13 stone and exercising yeah it's fine yeah it is yeah, exactly that, that can be the third thing balance and diet yeah good stuff mate it's been been a pleasure it's been a legend it has no it's been great and i think so many people are going to listen to this and think wow that's an amazing story because you, you know you've not held back or anything like that which is which is spawn so hopefully yeah this this can really help people so thanks very much for coming thanks for having me thanks for anyone who's been listening yeah, hopefully, well, we might get Jackie and Pete. They might listen. Yeah, maybe. At least we'll have two. Jack and Lauren will listen. <sighs> touch and go, isn't it? A bit touch and go, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't like to say I, I can't have an opinion. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's on you, isn't it? My wife, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't exactly want to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, she I'm just not... invited me around for dinner, do you know what I mean, yeah. with you. I, I don't want to start causing murder. <laughs> I'm not going to listen because I hate listening to my own voice. No, I'm going to send it to you when we get home, just, um, just in case you want to no, rip it out. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having us on been good to open up a bit and talk i haven't actually really talked much about the topic at all since i retired so good starting point and good yeah. to do it here on the Alaman with reach so yeah exactly yeah. Ho hopefully we can do uh we can do some more bits in the future yeah um but yeah thank you to pete um just before we finish obviously i'll just reiterate again that you know we're not a crisis team reach we are there to to have that chat if you you know to break that first boundary um to signpost you into the places that can really help you uh, don't be afraid to message us um even off the back of this just drop us a message and let us know your feedback uh, the crisis number is 642860 so if you are in crisis or you know you have a family member who's in crisis please don't hesitate to give them a call you've also got the samaritans there um at a time of crisis but yeah thanks for listening and let us know your feedback at the end of it cheers guys